FT Live, the OG crew, Ron Kratz, Krasinski, running it on stadium right now. Great job by Britt Giroli on Friday. And Hannah Kaiser's taking over on Tuesday. Britt was great, though. Heard you guys on Friday. I was trolling in the comments here and there. AJ, I think you saw at one point you kind of took over in the comments. You, no? you heard who? You heard whose guys? I heard you two. No, you did? Oh, no, sorry, not Kratz. You, you, yeah. Godfather. Yes. Yeah. It was Todd Father. Thank you for keeping attendance. Was that yeah. like a shot where you're like, oh, I was there on on a Friday. Day. I was there. I was, was there on a Friday. <laughs> it was nice. It was nice. You you really you bring energy on a Friday. I, I like Friday, AJ. <sighs> Maybe a little bit more than my Monday, AJ, but we'll see. Hey, you can always turn it around. Listen, Friday was fun because we didn't have Scott. He's not in my house. He hasn't been here for weeks now. Yep. Good days, but yeah, and uh, look out for weeks. me on Wednesday. But yes, but you'll have Hannah Kaiser on Tuesday, so bring it again. Yes, we can. We can discuss okay. hair color. Yes, exactly. Which is pretty I relevant can. for today. We'll get to him in a couple minutes. But Lourdes Guriel did sign, so if you want to talk about that and ask her about Lourdes, you can certainly do that. Let's start with Yamamoto, though. Okay, so the sweepstakes keeps rolling into another week. I'm actually surprised he hasn't signed yet just because he's he's done quite a few meetings. But why not milk it a little bit? Why not head over to Uncle Steve Cohen's house and check it out and look at all the gorgeous paintings and have a nice dinner? Joel Sherman saying that they did dinner on Saturday at his house with a Mets contingent. So that included Carlos Mendoza. That included Jeremy Hefner, Mendoza, the manager, Hefner, the pitching coach. Was David Stearns there? remember if I saw him on the list. He was. He was there, too. I mean, that's what I saw. I I, I wasn't there. I didn't ask David, so. <laughs> I'm sure it was a wonderful meal. But he figured, while I'm in town, I'll also hit up the Yanks and see if they want to meet again. So maybe they sit down and they go, oh, Uncle Steve was great. He made a fantastic um, hint at what an offer would be. Because I think they were still right around getting to the offer stage, which can move pretty quickly, and he's deciding where he wants to go. But he hops over to New York. Fans are freaking out. You guys realize that, right? Fans are freaking out. Like This causes fans, I think, to get excited, and it's just been a lot more fun to cover because we're getting more news of what's going on versus the mysterious fake news coming from the Shohei Otani situation. So where are we at? Does this convince you on any front, AJ, that something's going to go down, say, with one of the New York teams because he meets there versus coming from Los Angeles, or it literally means absolutely nothing? Uh, when does his posting when's his posting time up? Jan- January 5th, I think. All right, let's hurry up and get there then. because I think, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's going to sign before that. You think? I mean, he's milked this. Yes. I mean, he's like, cracks with the Amish cows. <laughs> Right, milking this thing like there's no tomorrow. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's uh, but January fifth can't get here soon enough. Make a decision. I mean, before Christmas at least, so we can at least have something to talk about before Christmas. Because you know, Yamamoto, you know, Phillies, Mets, Yankees, Dodgers, Giants, Blue Jays, White Sox. You know, he's meeting with all these teams, and he's uh, you know, just pick one already. The bidding just keeps going. The bidding just keeps. It just keeps ratcheting up. Every time you're seen with Steve Cohen, you you tweet a picture. Like, I think they should do this like high school. Eventually, his decision should be like high school. Sit at a table, have all those hats out, but then give, like, one last, one last, like, I'm going to choose this one over here, but unless they want to call, like, we have a couple extra calls. Hang on one sec. Okay, you want to? Yep. Up. Okay. I'm going to choose a different team now. He's he's playing it. To me, I think you see the personalities. Like Shohei's personality, he's kind of reserved from what we've seen. He doesn't – not a lot out there. His, we didn't know a lot. There was a lot of, you know, secrecy in his free agency. Maybe this means Yamamoto's a little bit more like – I like being out there. I like kind of being the center of the spotlight. And, and Jonesy said – Adam Jones said the other day – he likes Rolls Royces, so maybe he likes a little bit more flashy, and this is a little flashy. I like it. Go to Steve's house. You guys seen the picture of Steve's house, by the way? Unbelievable that that's an actual house. That's like AJ's people. What would you call it, a museum, like an art museum? Yeah, 
I mean, it looks like it looks like one of those like it looks. Yeah, see, AJ's like, eh, it's kind of mid. Yeah. It's kind of mid for the people I I hang yeah. out with. It's below I average. I don't <laughs> hang out with any billionaires, so this is this. It's like it's like wings of wings. It's like a it's like a small middle school. AJ's like it's between you know Tiger and Griffey for me something mm. in that. Mm. Nah. Michael, he was thinking, those he guys are Michael. too small time for what we're talking about. He was thinking about <laughs> Michael. He was thinking about Bezos. Those guys. I'll, I'll throw this out there though, AJ. I think he's going to New York or LA. Now that gives me oh, I mean, three team options. Is that obvious? I mean, it seems like it. Yeah, I just. What about Philly they, though? What about Philly? Unless Tottenham tells us he's the, going. The real to question Philly. is, why was Kratz not at the Phillies dinner they had with him? They, I mean, you know, I wasn't. Well, because you would have told us by now. We would have heard a tweet about it by now. Oh yeah, I would have definitely tweeted. <laughs> Trust me, we would have got a tweet. It would have been an Aussie, me and Yamamoto. So, so my question is: is the Dodgers we heard had Shohei and Freddie and Mookie and Will Smith? And Dave Roberts and everybody else and Magic Johnson and and you know Larry Bird and anybody else from LA that you can think of off the top of your head. But there's just no. Then you hear about Philly and they had to zoom in Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper couldn't fly in for this or what? I don't understand. Where was JT and where was Schwarbombs and where was Trey Turner and where was Wheeler and where was Nola? Instead, they're like, hey. Uh, Yamamoto, we're going to zoom in Bryce Harper. Yeah, he couldn't make it. I mean, that's – I don't know. To me, it would have been cool to, to be in the meeting and sit down and, see, and and hear about it. You know, if you're the Mets, where's Francisco Lindor? Where's Peter Alonzo? Where's where's some players that he's going to get to hang out with? Yeah, that's my thing. Is the Mets didn't really roll out the red carpet. I mean, the manager, the pitching coach, and the Coens. And Stearns, Stearns was there too. All but the they've already that- done meetings. Stearns and Cohen flew out to Japan to meet with him. But you're saying you wanted players involved? I mean, how does – this is the players' You're selling a guy um, on a 10-year contract. You're okay, selling- so how does it work? What if they're away? Also, they all live in different places. I, I don't know where some of those guys in L.A. live, but, oh, what is that? There's there's those things that go – There's these things called private jets mm. that I'm sure if you're going to spend 250 to $300 million on a player, you can spend a couple grand to – Fly Bryce Harper if he's in Vegas to Philly for a day or two. And, hey, you know what, Bryce? We really need you here. JT, we know you're wherever he's living. If he's living in Florida, he's living in Oklahoma where he's from. Hey, dude, we can have Bryce's plane land in Oklahoma, pick you up, and then it can be in Philly in two hours. Like, I I mean, to me, you know, the Dodgers obviously roll out the red carpet for everybody and do everything. But it's cool, I think, if I've never, again, been on this level before of where you're getting this – kind of attention but if you are man you got to try everything if that includes bringing in future teammates you got to do it did the yankees do that they didn't say the the yankees have only said they met with them right so it doesn't sound like anyone did that besides the dodgers Mm -hmm. maybe that's why Uh, the dodgers sign everybody true i mean that worked for what you think the yankees brought judge I mean, let's put it this way: they were they were all at they were all at Kinger's wedding, so you get the boys together. I'm pretty sure, you, but he doesn't want to see like Yamamoto wants to see the future. So you brought in the future with the Dodgers. That's an easy that's an easy sell, especially if everybody's out there. CC and Judge were there, though. By the way, we're getting who? Um, CC Sabathia and Aaron Judge were there. Okay, I think so good. You know, I if think- I'm there, I want Judge. That that's who I want. Now, also, you don't know. Does does this guy really care? I think that, I think based on what Adam Jones said, and I encourage anyone to check out the clip on our YouTube from Jonesy talking about spending time with him, two seasons with him, what he's into, what he's like as a person. I think the teammate connection does help. And if the offers are going to be in a similar, you know, three hundred million dollar range, I do think that everything helps for someone like this, right? There's one person. There's one person, and they've already done the research. If it matters, he's the guy that they're bringing. Tanaka. Tanaka, they're going to have him meet. Like, maybe he doesn't – maybe he's not, like, into the history of baseball or he's not like, oh, man, like, this is the guy for me. Like, same thing with – maybe that's why Kodai Sango wasn't with the Mets, you know, contingent. It's it's all – you're now looking into, like, the research of the person, not – because you've already seen what he does as a player – which is a completely other topic. I don't know that the guys 
the guy's maybe worth what everybody's putting out there. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what we'll see what he gets. Where where? Okay, so let me ask this: Where is it most important that he signs? Is it New York's? Is it L.A.? Is it San Fran? Is it Phil? Where where is the spot that it would make the biggest impact on the team? This San year? Francisco. San, no, I mean for the next ten years, if he signs a ten year. $300 million deal for the next 10 years. And I'm talking about from this year, for, let's talk the first five because whatever, you know, injuries, whatever can happen. But I'm saying for the first five years when he signs this contract, what city slash team can he make the biggest impact, not only for the team, but for the fan base? San Francisco, in my opinion, but I don't think he's going there. Just based on them looking for superstars, them trying to, you know, I think they'd be able to rally around Yamamoto and Lee. I just, I think for the Dodgers, there's so many superstars there. If they don't get Yamamoto, they move to option, you know, two. Um, they already got glass now. They'll get somebody else big, whether it's via free agency or via trade. They have plenty of prospects. They're just rich in their farm system, right? For the Mets, they'll just chill. That's what it seems like. That's the other layer of the story, too, is that Ken Rosenthal put out in his notes that if the Mets don't get him, they're like Yamamoto or bust. We're not going to then go to option two like a Jordan Montgomery. They're like, we'll sign one or two year contract kind of situations and we won't be pushing our chips in as much for next year. The Yankees are another big one on that front, too. But same thing like Kratz, I think. And Ken said, you know, they'd look into Montgomery. They'd look into buying up multiple relievers as well. So for me, I think San Francisco stands out also because I don't know if they'll be as involved in the trade market. Their farm system was pretty weak for a while and now is just getting built up. I don't see Farhan Zaidi wanting to make a trade. So I would rank it San Francisco of the teams that I think are actually in it. Yankees, I guess Mets, Dodgers in terms of impact to the organization. By the way, go ahead, Crouchy. I was just going to say that I think the biggest impact will be on L.A. because I think this would put them over the hump. I don't know that the Yankees – the Yankees have to hit. They stay – they figured it out on, you know, putting Soto in the lineup. Now they have to hit. Yes, they have to figure out starting pitching, but I think – Yamamoto puts this team to where everybody thinks they are now because they got Shohei and it puts them in that possibly three world championships in 10 years. The Yankees, they get Yamamoto. They still have other things to do in the next 10 years while they're there. This solidifies it that the Dodgers will, you know, have done what they can to be the best team. Well, are they the best team? <laughs> the, the Braves are just over here, you know, laughing at people. They're like picking up other people's trash and pushing it out. And then they're like picking up and they're like, you guys just figure out how to spend your money. We'll just keep piling prospects that we think are going to be awesome in the near future. By the way, the team we didn't even mention, Jeremy, our director, the Red Sox. What are they doing this offseason? I mean, they met with Yamamoto, right? Apparently they offered him 300 million. Where have they been? We haven't heard anything about the Red Sox doing anything this offseason, which is very unre- – remember, Hein Bloom fired because he wasn't aggressive enough. <laughs> What's Craig Bledlow doing then? He's, he's only working the constraints. He's working yeah. the constraints that he has. I, uh, I would love to see – I would love to see what Papelbon said. If you guys would go back and look at the, the one uh, game we did, he was talking about how – oh, you know, he said – they are they are looking to spend. They want to spend. They want to put a winner out on the field. Okay. Now it's time. You had the other – obviously, nobody's firing an owner. The fans are just going to keep being pissed. But if Bloom wasn't aggressive enough and Craig Breslow isn't able to be aggressive enough, then it's not either one of the GM's faults. But this is why they go through GM's like, you know, yesterday's trash. Yeah, I just I don't see it. I don't see them getting Yamamoto, but I do see them spending on pitching. There's still a lot of other pitchers that are hanging around right now. Yeah, then we're going to move on to Montgomery and Snell, so we'll get there. But I think okay, everyone's well then, waiting for Yamamoto after, at this point. After Yamamoto goes, okay, then you keep talking about. Would you rather have Snell or Montgomery? For which team? The, whoever can yeah, afford them. Whoever can afford them. 
I think Snell fits in certain places better than others. I think Monty kind of fits anywhere. No, you disagree? Why, why, do, you, think, why do you feel I like he Snell fits wants better? To pitch, I think Snell wants to pitch on the West Coast. I think if Snell is among other starters that can maybe be the top guy, you know, even if even if he's the best finisher on the team in terms of numbers, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think that if the a little attention is taken away from him, if you sign him, you're going to be our one. I don't know. Disagree? He's got two Cy Youngs. Shouldn't he be signed and treated like a one? Yeah, he should be treated like a one. I just feel like if he joins a ball club that's already got a bunch of star power there and he doesn't have to be the guy that they're shoving cameras and mics in his face every day, he's good. He's good with that. I don't know. Yeah, but when you Snell... sign for $200 million, don't they shove cameras in your face? <laughs> a lot of cameras. <laughs> yeah, but okay, let's say he signs with the Dodgers. This is a different lifestyle. It is not like I, I, don't, the, I, I don't see the Dodgers taking him. It just doesn't. That's not a Dodger move. Who does he sign with? I would have said Seattle. We've talked about this, but I, they're a, out. That's a non. I know the Mariners. San Fran, if they miss, maybe Red Sox, maybe. But gosh, I don't. I don't know that the Red Sox would go there. I, he's not a Yankee guy for me. He doesn't fit the Yankee. Why isn't mold. he a Yankee guy? He just doesn't fit the Yankee mold. That's what I'm saying. Certain teams, when you ask me, that's what I'm saying. Isn't Blake Snell, is he the equivalent to Giancarlo Stanton as a pitcher? In the sense you're like, whoa, this dude's an MVP. Whoa, look at what he's done and can do. Whoa, Blake Snell, two Cy Youngs. He's available in the free agent market? Is Is he that equivalent? Is he that type of, is he that type of pitcher? And I think he's going to the Giants, to answer your question. That's a good call. And we're going to talk to Susan Slusser more about the Giants coming up in a few minutes. So I want to get to Lourdes Gurriel because he signs a contract to go back to the Arizona Diamondbacks. There's Ken breaking the story. Three years, $42 million, opt out after year two. And there is a club option for a fourth year for Lourdes. I believe, yeah, that's a club option. I believe it's 14, let me double check here, $14 million for that club option. So it could turn into four years and $56 million. So one person put out there, the deal is similar to what Mitch Hanniger got last year with the San Francisco Giants. Hey, Lourdes Gurriel, first time all-star in his prime right now. Numbers dipped a little in the second half. Overall, just streaky. You look at a massive May, a down July, um, but he's been an above average hitter every year in the big leagues. He actually played pretty good D this past season, too. I mean, he had a career-high 14 defensive runs saved, career-high 24 homers, 463 slug. The Diamondbacks know him. Clearly, they liked him. They bring him back. And Arizona is, like, making a lot of other teams look bad right now by filling needs for themselves, including one that clearly helped them get to where they got to last year. So are we talking too much about the Dodgers and not enough about all of what Arizona is doing, AJ, with – Eduardo Rodriguez being added. There's reports that they might be looking at J.D. Martinez or Justin Turner to fill the DH spot. They're doing a lot right now. They bring on Eugenio Suarez, who I think is going to have a big year. you excited about the Diamondbacks? Listen, I am. We talked about this on Friday, but you guys weren't listening. I love an owner talking shit. Their (laughs) owner came out and was like, yeah, Shohei's just a DH for $70 Meanwhile, they're going out, raising their payroll. They went to the World Series. They're going back at it, so... I'm all for it, man. We were, I was going to wait till we got in to talk to Paul Seawald and we can hear his thoughts on it. But as a player, your owner comes out and says, yeah, our division rival, yeah, they signed a guy for $70 million, But, oh, yeah, we went to the World Series. We swept them out of the postseason last year. We are doing things. We're raising our payroll to the highest it's ever been. Man, this is awesome. If you're an Arizona Diamondback player, fan, in their organization, whatever it is, this is what you want to see. This is exactly what you want to see. We're, we're, we're always giving Jerry DePoto crap for – what he says, this is exactly the opposite. He is getting behind his team. And you know what? Hey, it didn't work out well for the Padres, but they had the last laugh against the Dodgers. So they could talk a little smack. Now they got slapped in the face during the season. But right now, the Dodgers had a month off because the Diamondbacks kept playing. And so right now, they are very much in this in this thing. I don't think they're a better team but they're doing what they can do. And I love the fact that the owner came out and said this. Like, absolutely, spending your money. 
Yeah, I like it. I, I don't think it was crazy expensive. It's less than Jamer Candelari. I'd rather have Guriel. Susan Slesser from the San Francisco Chronicle joining us right now. You can follow her at her name, Susan Slesser. Susan, great to see you. I like the kind of hangout, cozy couch um, session for us right now because we're going to have to get into it with some therapy session too uh, for Giants fans at some point. But let's actually start with this, Susan, just your reaction to our poll question. Do you like the way that free agency is set up or would you rather have it in more of a frenzy? Well, I mean, I kind of look at it two ways. It gives us all stuff to talk about all winter, right? I mean, what would you guys be talking about if there was like a three-day or two-week signing period? But I would be spending more time on this couch doing not work and, you know, catching up on uh, Netflix or whatever if there was a three-day or two-week signing period. I mean, it works for other sports, right? The shorter signing period. Uh, it certainly could work, give everybody a little bit more of a break, but then uh, you guys would be running reruns or something. Yeah, you're right. No, I, for us, Susan, it makes all the sense in the world. We love it. So I want to keep it just this way. I already voted. Um, all right. So <laughs> let's let's get to the Giants first. And let's start with Jung Hu Lee and what you think he's going to bring to the table. And also how cool it's been for him to come to the Bay Area, embrace it be out at the hoops game with the Warriors. And I, I saw from the press conference, it took forever to put his uniform on. And then he's like handsome. So he looks like he's going to be a character, a fun guy to interact with the media. Are you excited about that? And obviously what he can bring to the table on the field? Yeah, he's a charmer. You know, he's got the looks. The Giants are a team that are in sort of desperate need of a little extra personality and energy. It seems like he brings that. He's got to play on the field though, you know, and um, you know, the KBO is very different, obviously, from the big leagues. Can he hit big league pitching? That's going to be the one big question mark throughout the season. It doesn't seem to lack for confidence. He said something to the effect like from day day one of the season, I think Giants fans are going to be impressed with my skills. So I like that a lot. Uh, okay, first of all, Susan, I thought that was a overalls he had with just the one, like the 1990s overalls where they only had the the one strap, but now I saw it was a man play. purse, so it makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. Until he stood up, I was like, man, that's kind of awesome. He has the one strap overalls on. Is this, you know, Susan, as a former Giants star, you know, and I know how much they love star power out there in the Bay Area, you know. It was it was me, and, and then it was Barry Bonds, you know, far behind me when I played for the Giants. So I understand how much they love star power out in San Francisco. Is Lee enough for these fans to get them excited because they have been clamoring and clamoring and clamoring. We need a star since Buster Posey, or are they going to have to do more to quiet the fan base? But, I mean, obviously they, they made a huge run at Otani. Uh, they're apparently in um, on a lot of other big names. So uh, that they know uh, even Bob Melvin at his introductory press conference said, this is a town this is like a star-powered town. You know, we, we like our stars here. You know, you look at the Niners, you look at the Warriors. Right now, uh, the Giants are a team that's kind of been boring. Um, you know, they had a couple of good years uh, under Gabe Kapler and, you know, 107-win season. But even that season, um, Buster retires after that. I talked to somebody the other day that said this whole idea is it's San Francisco. Is that driving away free agents? Well, first of all, they, they signed Carlos Correa last year. That The city didn't have anything to do with that. That was the medicals that, that kind of upended that deal. So I think some of that's a little overblown. Um, but I was talking to an agent recently who said, it's not San Francisco, it's Buster retiring. Like that's kind of changed the fortunes of the franchise and maybe how free agents, especially pitchers might think of it, but pitcher friendly ballpark, beautiful ballpark, you know, mostly good weather. Uh, there are a lot of what? people come to San Francisco. Good, lots of money. Good, They've got lots of money. Good, wait, good weather. Wait, what? Wait, wait, did you play in Minnesota? Yeah, we were in a dome. It was great. Oh, remember, that movie? Remember, that, <laughs> remember that dumb movie you guys made about Moneyball that we ended that shit. Remember that, that year? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, my daughter's watching that in school. Sorry, Kratz. I know I jumped you, but no, you're my good. daughter, my, the teacher in statistics is like, we're going to watch this great movie called Moneyball. And my daughter's like, what's Moneyball? And I was like, just make sure at the end, I didn't get, I didn't get a actor credit for being at the end. when we, when we sent them home packing that year. <laughs> it's a good point. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's good history. 
It's a good history lesson, except for they forgot about three pitchers that were pretty good on that team. Yeah, that carried yeah, the team. And, uh, and the MVP, Miguel Tejada. And, and a third shot. baseman. And a third baseman that was pretty decent, yeah. No, so no, you're telling me talent draft. wins. Talent yeah. wins. Wow. I love Scott brilliant. Hatterberg, but he is not why that team won. It was, it was definitely <laughs> Scott Hatterberg. That's what it was. Uh, and the draft. And the draft. <laughs> All right, so what does he need to do? What does is, what is Huli need to do? What is he need to come in and do? Because my comps that I see are like Hassan Kim, who, who was paid $28 million. Like, are we, is the price tag going to put an expectation of him as something that he's not? So we were talking about uh, Lee. Uh, the strikeout mm. rate, the low strikeout rate, I think they think that the contact will uh, but you never big league. He's not. He hasn't been facing guys throwing a hundred on the on the regular. So uh, it's a question mark. And he was so charming and handsome and funny. It kind of reminded me a few years ago when the A's signed Hiro Nakajima. It was a big deal. He was a star in Japan. He didn't play a game in the major leagues. He just wasn't quite a big leaguer. You never know. You just never know. And Japan can, tends to be a little bit more projectable than the KBO. So fingers crossed because he ticks all the boxes that they need. Left-handed hitter, good outfielder. They really want to improve their defense. That's huge with, you know, they're going pitching and defense. They have to in that division. So, um, you know, I, I think the Giants are really hopeful that the metrics they have line up with uh, his performance. But we'll see. It's going to be an ongoing thing all year. Oh, man, he better work out because they spent a lot of money on him plus the posting fee. So, yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for him because he seems like a they, fun guy. We want more of they that. Have the money. Yes, they have, they have the money. Yes, they have the money. Right, so, they'll be okay. And they're going to spend and, more of it. You're right. And I'll, I'll get to that in a sec. So one other part that you touched on that I want to ask you about is the whole San Francisco narrative right now that has been carried. And I just want to like preface it with, you know, Ken talked about it, Rosenthal on our show, and also um, kind of wrote about it a little bit and, and tweeted about it. Um, here's Logan Webb reacting. A lot of people that have never played an SF seem to know a lot about it. I've gotten quite a few angry trolls coming after me. You're pushing your narrative about the city, whatever. And I'm like, uh, re-rack the video of what we've done. I've asked two questions about it to a reporter who talks to everyone and to a player saying, hey, what do you think of San Francisco and why do you think some players don't want to sign there? And all of a sudden it's like, how dare foul territory even talk about that? I'm like, why don't you flip the narrative around and say, Hey, our city's awesome. Right. Instead of taking it so personally. So how do you think this is all kind of played out publicly? And then with fans, should they be pissed off at everyone or they should, they use it as positive press to be like, this place is awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, as Reza, I, and I live in San Francisco. My mom is from San Francisco. My, my, my grandma is from San Francisco. The residents were kind of like, yeah, don't, we don't want anyone else moving in here. So there's like the long time people are like, yeah, shh, no, it's terrible. Don't come here. But uh, no, it's an, it's an amazing city. It's an awesome city. I travel all over the country, obviously with my job, the problems San Francisco has are everywhere. Um, it, uh, it has turned into sort of a political hot topic in some, um, news circles because of its policies. And I think that it gets held up very unfairly for that, but it's, it's still the same beautiful city it's ever been. The problem I think when it comes to baseball is that a lot of the teams stay in Union Square where there are a lot of big, beautiful, uh, hotels. But if you then walk or take a, a cab or an Uber to the, ballpark, you're going through some areas that aren't quite so good. Re you know, residents don't go through those areas that aren't all that good all the time. Um, like in any city, you kind of stay away from the problem spots. But yeah, there are problems that need addressing here, like every single city in the country and in a lot of the great world cities too. All right. So if you're the Giants and you're trying to woo uh, Shohei Otani or, you know, possibly a Yamamoto, Who's the person that you're going, okay, hey, you know what? We want this person. We want Buster po in with Buster Posey. We want Farhan Zaidi in here. These are the, like, the Dodgers are putting out the next six years of players to come and woo Yamamoto. Who are the Giants doing that to? And could that be the kicking, you know, the kicking point for people that don't, you know, Carlos Correa wanted to come there and be the star. Who do the Giants have and how do they woo these players, if you get away from the whole, you know, guys don't like the city or players have a negative opinion of San Francisco. 
Well, here's one of the things I would, well, first of all, Logan Webb obviously has been very vocal. He was very vocal about wanting Shohei Otani's big personality. He's from Northern California. He's a great advocate for the team. He grew up an A's fan, so he knows the whole Bay Area really well. He's from the Sacramento area. Um, and he's obviously all-star caliber type starter. But if I'm the Giants and I'm going after Yamamoto, I show them all the high re- highlight reels of Patrick Bailey and his catching skills. AJ, I'm sure you've seen him. He looks like he's going to be a special one. Uh, at, at points, his numbers have been even better than um, Buster Posey's were at the same age and the same experience level. So uh, he's got some skills and he's got a pretty good personality too. Less than a year in the big leagues. Uh, but I, I would set them up with him and say, like, this could be your catcher for the entire time you're here. So uh, he's a big selling point, I think, for a pitcher. And their pitch, and then just show kind of the uh, the results a lot of the pitchers have had there and the ballpark. For pitcher, I think San Francisco's an easy sell. Well, no doubt about it for a pitcher, from the pitcher side of it. So where's the Blake Snell and where's the Yamamoto and where's the – Jordan Montgomery, but is Bob Melvin coming there? Is this going to be, are we going to see a changing of the guard in the Giants philosophy? Is it going to be no more pinch hit in the third inning, no more opener three out of five days, or are they going to stick with that philosophy? People said that was more of a Gabe Kapler philosophy than a Farhan Zaidi. So are we going to see more of a traditional baseball team? Well, when I covered the A's when Melvin was there, they did platoon a lot. Now you could say maybe that was also front office, but I certainly think that most managers these days are going to go for a platoon advantage if there's a is if there's much of a difference. Uh, and the Giants probably will continue that. Uh, but uh, even Farhan Zaidi said, like, "Hey, look, if I had nine everyday players, I'd run them out there every day. That's the ideal." And I think they're trying to get to that point. The thing to me um, that will be different with Bob Melvin is the use of the pitchers. Uh, We are not going to see openers all the time. There were points last year where the Giants had essentially a two-man rotation uh, and a handful of openers and some guys that were piggybacking. That wasn't flying with some of the older starters who wound up in unfamiliar roles uh, and didn't fare as well. Look at at Sean Mania when he came back from the rotation. Uh, late in the season, he was terrific. He looked like, you know, the guy he is because that's the role he's always had. He felt comfortable and was familiar. That's where I think we're going to see the biggest differences in the the pitching usage. But also one reason I think Melvin is there is because he's also a good recruiter. Um, you know, he's had great relationships with players. You guys know nobody ever has a bad, he just kind of gets it. He treats everyone well. Players love playing for him. Uh, I think it does signal a shift in philosophy that most players will like. And I, I definitely think just the sheer personality, the emotional intelligence, all of that, I think that plays into, into the hiring and kind of maybe a, a different, and I, you know what, I liked covering Gabe a lot. Gabe Kapler's a smart guy, really interesting. Um, and uh, they obviously had some good teams, but this is a, this is a real shift. And I think that that was, um, that was deliberate. Okay, when the Giants don't get Yamamoto, who's next on the list? Well, I I wrote last week, I think that they should just go straight after Blake Snell right now. Like, don't even worry about the Yamamoto market. Now, obviously, that's up to Snell and uh, his agent, Scott Boris. Do they want to wait? But uh, there is this other narrative that the Giants are kind of everyone's second place, second choice, third choice. Maybe they're getting used to get bigger deals. Uh set the narrative yourself. Say, this is our guy. We wanted him. We are signing him. Here, here's the deal. It's done. This is not, he, I, we were his first choice. He was our first choice. Um, the guys won Scions in each league. You know, you can quibble about the walks and all of that, but the stuff is phenomenal. He's pitched for Bob Melvin, his numbers against the NL West, particularly the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks and the Diamondbacks have owned the Giants the last couple of years they're off the charts good. So uh, why not just go do that? It looks like he might be, you know, compared to Yamamoto, a little bit of a deal and a more of a known commodity. And so that closes the book for us on asking you San Francisco Giants questions. Um, And I agree, by the way, I think Snell would be a perfect signing for many reasons there. Um, We'll move over to Oakland and I'm not going to ask you about their offseason plans because they don't (laughs) care. Why should we care? 
I don't even think they care about signing many dudes to legitimate one-year deals to try and trade them off like any kind of big-time players. Nothing. So we won't we won't spend any time on that just since we last spoke to you. Any updated thoughts on what you've observed there? Is there any sliver of a chance still that something falls through? And what's been the pulse out there? We still get, I would say almost on a daily basis, notes from people, fans, media, Thanks for keeping the conversation going in your player interviews, all of that, because we just don't want people to forget about how ridiculous this whole situation looks on the outside and that we're letting a villain get away with doing this. Any updated thoughts or observations? Well, I'm not sure I could say it better than you just did because it is, it's an atrocity. It's just awful. Like there's just no reason. And it's stupid. You're going from a bigger market to a smaller market. You're seeding all of Northern California to a team that already is doing extremely well um, for a lesser market uh, that really, you know, that the idea is they're going to pack stadiums, you know, uh, for half a baseball season because they're a destination. I don't know. It's not much of a TV market. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't make sense. Uh, it's the A's and they take so many missteps that I think it still could fall through. The hope locally, of course, is that John Fisher just decides to sell Joe Lacob, who owns the Warriors and is a, you know, obviously has done very well with them, has essentially a standing offer for them. Dave Stewart has been involved in many attempts to buy them along with Reggie Jackson. I think all of these would be much better owners, much better for baseball. Uh, Oakland was pretty far along in okaying that Howard Terminal on the waterfront stadium that never really made sense. I think everyone else would just put in a nice, beautiful baseball-only stadium at the Coliseum site where you got public transportation, loads of parking. And um, you guys are all probably way too young to remember the old stadium, but it was beautiful. You know, you had a view of the hills and the BART train going by and there was ice plant in the outfield. It was a, it was a lovely stadium. And then you build around it. You know, that A's, the A's ownership kept saying, we need a ballpark on the water and we need an area where we can develop. They've got neither of those things in Las Vegas. So I, a lot of hooey, you know, it looks like, it looks to me like they ran out of money and went, where can we go where uh, somebody else will build a ballpark for us? Hooey. First, First time hooey. I've heard hooey, hooey on the show, but I like it. Uh, so quickly, Susan, you know, you mentioned the A's leaving, the Raiders left. Even the Warriors left Oakland. So is it an Oakland thing? You know, we, we talked about San Francisco and, you know, people have their perception of San Francisco. It's a, it's a beautiful city. It's on the water, the whole deal. And people are saying they don't want to go there. That's not our opinion. That's what people are saying, okay? But why are teams, all these teams leaving Oakland? Raiders left. The Warriors went to San Francisco. And now the A's are gone. So is it an Oakland thing? And do they need to change some of their policies to try to keep teams there? You know, I really don't think it, I think they're all sort of individual cases. Certainly the Warriors, you know, you know, had a opportunity for a beautiful new facility in San Francisco and, you know, an, an awful lot of corporate sponsors, all that kind of stuff. Um, although there's, I, I, you know, the arena in Oakland was certainly fine and they were selling out. There was no issue with Oakland with the, the Warriors and, and all those still fans still go to the game. The, the Raiders, I mean, I... It's not like the Raiders have shown a lot of loyalty over the years. So I'm not at like, they're kind of an asterisk. When they moved back, they ruined the Coliseum basically for baseball. So I'm not a big fan of the Raiders period. Uh, but of course they left. They're the Raiders. Uh, the A's, uh, even people with Major League Baseball looking back have said when they had a legit shot to go to San Jose in a beautiful location with a ballpark that had funding, all of that, they should have just said like, hey, best interest of baseball, we go back to what it used to be. And it is in every other two market team where there are no delineated territorial rights within the territory and the A's moved to San Jose. Oh my gosh, San Jose is the biggest city in Northern California, third biggest in, in California, All you know, Silicon Valley money. It would have been so good for baseball, so good for the Bay Area. Um, I love Oakland. I think the A's can thrive in Oakland. I grew up going to games there from a very small age. Um, and I think the Coliseum site's ideal. I think somebody is going to take that site and do something wonderful with it, whatever it is. Uh, and I think baseball's missed a trick. And I think A's ownership is incredibly short-sighted with all of this. Nailed it. And you're right, though, on MLB, too, for them to not step in. And whatever the who cares what the rules are in the past? That San Jose is not an option because of territory. That That is such garbage. Um, and really, it's hooey. Hooey. Again, hooey. Yes. 
double whammy. I can't wait uh, to see you this year. I'm just going to walk up to Susan and go, hooey. <laughs> I've really Susan. aged myself throughout this show. <laughs> <laughs> We're all aging every single day. Uh, Susan, great to have you on, as always. Really appreciate the time and uh, enjoy some more action that's coming up soon for San Francisco this offseason. It's planned. Thanks, guys. All right, let's jump into the Atlanta Braves continuing to be active. So they trade um, or and now have already released Matt Carpenter, but they acquire him and left-handed reliever Ray Kerr, who could be a big part of their bullpen. Um, some really solid numbers out of him. He comes from San Diego um, to add to Aaron Bummer to continue to give them what looks like a super bullpen. Um, and $1.5 million goes to Atlanta as well. But they essentially just eat some money for the Padres and David O'Brien said Kerr was the point of doing this trade. It's a hard throwing lefty with upside. Recipient. Though he's 29 years old, he didn't debut until 2022 with the Padres. 35 Ks, nine walks, 27 innings last year um, or this past season. Lefties were five for 31, 15 Ks, three walks against him. So look at the Braves again, AJ, just buying players essentially from teams that have to cut payroll. I like it if you're a Braves fan, but, but I mean, how many lefties can they have in their bullpen? They've got Bummer. Now they have Kerr. Then they have Minter, right? He was pretty good, right? And then they have, uh, gosh, what was the guy? Matzik, who was so good for him. Was it Matzik? Yeah, he's coming back. He's coming back, right, from Tommy John after the yes. run he had in the World Series. Jeez, this is pretty good. I mean, if you're a left-handed hitter, you do not want to go into Atlanta because you're going to get Freed, Minter, Kerr, Bummer, Matzik. Oh, that's a rough three days if you're Bryce Harper. Dylan Lee, isn't he coming back too? He had his he had his little thing there. There's st- the Philly sign, the Philly sign Schwarber and and Harper, and the Braves are like, eh, we'll just go all lefties. And Kerr has an option remaining, so between that and depth and some guys coming back from injury, they'll be fine. But look at Alex Anthopoulos just getting crafty all offseason long. I think what he identified was there are some teams that desperately need to cut payroll. We are going to exploit that. Of course, he did that with Kelnick and the Mariners who were like, oh, we got to rearrange so that we can make our big moves. Sorry, what? <laughs> like the Red Sox. The Red Sox and the Mariners are on the same timetable. They're, mm-hmm. they're waiting for the three-day uh, window that Scott proposed to, to kick in before they start making moves. <laughs> The fake window? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Let's get to Tyler Glass now quickly as well. As he said, he feels there's plenty of similarities between the Rays and the Dodgers. Quote, I guess the only difference is the Dodgers have a lot more money. Well, clearly, because he also signed a pretty massive extension to be in L.A. for the long term. So I give them props. I wasn't here on on Friday when that was kind of getting wrapped up. But Kratz, in my mind... The Dodgers saying, yeah, we'll do this if we can sign him to the extension that looks like this. Technically, if you include this year, five years, 136 and a half. They kind of split up the money in 2024 to help them on the uh, luxury tax number a little bit. AK, they're still going for a lot more players here in the free agent market. And then 2028, either a club option at 30 or a player option at 21 and a half. So Tyler Glass now is now incredibly rich. He is definitely incredibly rich and He's going to realize that there's a different difference in taxes. Being a SoCal guy, he probably gets it, but his $25 million that he was going to make in Florida, in in Tampa, or in St. Pete, was going to, is going to be a little bit less because he's going to get taxed in California. But my question is, who would you rather have? Both signed contracts this year. Would you rather have Aaron Nola, or would you rather have Tyler Glass now? Would you rather have a guy who has Cy Young stuff? No Cy Youngs. Blake Snell has Cy Young stuff and has Cy Youngs. Or would you rather have a guy who has made every one of his starts since 2017? For essentially, you get, you get. I mean, it's negligible. It's a few million dollars more for Glass now. But who would you rather have? AJ? I'd take a healthy Glass now. That's not what I said. <laughs> you we don't know what uh, this is going to look like well, Glass now signed up. Glassnow only Glassnow's got about four or five years less than what Nola just signed for and Seven. isn't he he's younger too isn't he yes Glassnow's younger so I'd take Glassnow I know Nola's been a warrior for the Phillies and I appreciate the fact that he makes his starts every fifth day but for what the Dodgers need Glassnow's the guy
Rossi, Reimer has it. That's fancy. According to Bob Nightingale, the Cubs are in talks with Boris about Reese Hoskins. I haven't heard Reese's name pop up a ton yet. You know he's going to sign somewhere and actually is one of the better bats available this offseason. He's going to be fine recovering from the torn ACL and good to go for this coming season. Kratz, obviously you spent quite a bit of time around Reese and his impact and what it could be to a team. By the way, the Cubs haven't done anything yet. Besides pay big money for a manager, which is cool, but you have to, you know, put talent around him, I think, right? I mean, I guess you should, but maybe they're thinking, hey, you know, we don't need to. Look what he did up in Milwaukee. Like he took him to the playoffs, and we think that the playoffs are a crapshoot. So we'll just keep pocketing all our money. Or we could go and get Reese Hoskins, who is going to get you 32 homers a season and 100 stakes. And if you ask Philly fans, they're going to be like, oh, he's a little too streaky for me. Philly fans, guess what? You missed out on Reese Hoskins this year. You are a World Series team, and you are playing against the Rangers if Reese Hoskins is on your team. No matter what you're saying about Bryce Harper playing first base, he did a great job, he's a great hitter, blah, blah, blah. You can't take 30 – I think he averages 36 homers a season. No, that's the wrong number. Anyway, he's had 30, 27, 34 homers in his career – and just be like, you know what? We don't need that. Like, we, we don't need that in our – he should have a market that will explode. And I know the knee injury might be a, you know, a prove-it deal, but we'll see. I think this is a huge pickup, whoever gets him. Disagree. Disagree with your take right there on the – they'd be in the World Series guaranteed if they had him because then you'd be able to DH Schwarber or make some defensive adjustments. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, he's a great – he's a good player. But to say they would have guaranteed gone to the World Series with them is is disagree for me. Take was too hot for you? I just think it's not right because the Diamondbacks were just hot and won the games they needed to win. They needed to score runs at the end of the season. So let's keep the combo going on the Cubs for another sec because it does sound like Cody Ballinger, or at least according to the reports in the column that Bob Nightingale put out there, that Cody could end up in either Toronto or Chicago. You know – We've talked about this all offseason long. Not every team is going to make their fan base happy this offseason. In fact, quite a few won't. But Chicago and Toronto have done absolutely nothing. So it's a good race because if the Cubs suddenly get Reese Hoskins and Cody Bellinger, Kratz, and maybe another pitcher signing, right? A mid-tier starting pitcher and maybe another bullpen guy. Is that a good offseason for the Cubs? I think it's a great offseason. Yeah, Absolutely. I don't, I don't think they were ever really in on Shohei or these top-tier guys. I think that's a great offseason. I think in any other division, it might be a kind of a mid-offseason for them, but it definitely catapults them closer to the top. I don't know that they necessarily – you know, I'd have to look totally through it because if, you if you're getting Bellinger, like you had him last year and you, you fell short. So you're saying that Reese Hoskins – pushes you over the top? Maybe not. <laughs> I'm just so confused. Because Kratz just said the Phillies would have won the World Series with Reese Hoskins. Now he doesn't put him over the top. But that's a, we'll get into that with Rob Thompson in a minute. But my On question is, is my, my no, but my question is is Cody Bellinger, right? When Scott Boris went into this offseason, do you think that he was thinking there'd only be two teams really in for his bidding? Because nobody else has really shown a lot of interest, have they? The Giants haven't really the Cubs, yeah. The Blue Jays, yeah. But nobody else. Yankees were supposed to be a spot. Remember, they went out and got Soto. So do you think Scott Boris is a little disappointed in what Cody Bellinger's market became this winter? Yes, especially if San Francisco is really not in on him because Farnsidey had him when he was with the Dodgers. Those two know each other. So to me, that's a little bit telling, too, from a team that has money to spend. Well, let's snap. <laughs> Also, you know whose birthday it is? No? Ronald Acuna Jr. Yeah. That's a friggin' suit right there. I like that. You got the vest. I mean, this dude brings swag to our game. Unlike maybe almost any other player. Top three at least. No? Flair. He's got flair. Flair. He's got serious flair. Jazz Jazz brings some swag. Yeah. He just didn't win the MVP. 
Right. Acuna's better. So he gets yeah. to be flashy. I was going to say, the difference between Jazz and Acuna is Acuna's play on the field has been better than Jazz's just a little bit. Of course. Acuna's one of the – I mean, Acuna's what? In the power rankings of players. I mean, he's easy top five. He might be top three. You know, maybe maybe number two behind Otani. Judge in that category. Trade him. Yeah, trade him. He's terrible. Um, we're never trading Ken Rosenthal. He's on fair territory. Uh, it just came out. So there's topics for you. Um, you'll get the audio version coming up in about an hour on uh, Apple or Spotify. But Yamamoto sweepstakes. What's next for LA? Starting pitcher trade market. Grilling Ken talking about some teams that looks like I see a theme there. Cubs and Mariners haven't done shit yet. Rays have done some things. I don't know if their fans are happy about it. And of course, Student Dork of the Week. So fair territory with Kenny Ballgame Rosenthal. Check it out. And lastly, merch, holiday season, last chance, Christmas shopping. You got about a week to go. If you want one of these, foulterritoryshop.com. Also one of those hats. There it is. I like it. Uh, foulterritoryshop.com. Check out the website. Go order quickly if you're looking for last-minute gifts or any kind of ideas there. Um, oh, also this, too. I can show this off. Wristbands. There it is. Did you get that at the rave last night? and stickers too for the kiddos all right so that's it for us for now back on tuesday not me i'm back on wednesday for the long run uh hannah kaiser is going to take over she's awesome opinionated she's great host um formerly of yahoo sports she's a superstar so have fun kicking things around with with hannah get some hot takes from her because she's full of them all right oh kratz hats what do you got Shocker, AJ. AJ's bleeding off into Scott right now. Off days galore. Unbelievable. The whoopie pie. It's a whoopie pie. It is a whoopie pie. No idea who the whoopie pies are, though, do you? No, but nope. they're a whoopie pie. I like to eat whoopie pies. It's where the Red Sox think that all their answers to another World Series are hiding. Portland. Portland is supposedly, Maine is supposedly the inventor of the whoopie pie. So for one Ooh. night, Portland Sea Dogs who are normally known for their sea biscuits, which are delicious ice cream sandwiches with chocolate chip cookies. They were the whoopie pies. That's awesome. I love that. I thought whoopie pies were a Southern thing, but I guess I was So did I, but they, they, Maine claims them. Maine claims that- Maine's gotta claim something. Yeah, Yeah, they they stay with their chest. They stay with their chest. Gotta give them credit. See some of us on Tuesday, bye. Hey, get in on the action with the FT fam at BetMGM. New customers use the bonus code FOUL, F-O-U-L, for a $1,500 first bet offer. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your BetMGM Sportsbook account. Place your first wager and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if the bet loses. If that bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.